Again, that is Matthew 14, verse 1. And uh, we're not going to go through all of this. Uh, we're only probably just going to go through probably only going to probably be going through just like the first um, like 12 verses. Okay, so this is only going to be part one. Um, who knows? Lord willing, next week we'll probably finish it. But we're only going to focus on uh, one through one through 12. Okay, so here's what it says. Matthew chapter 14, verse 1, it says, And at that time Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. And therefore mighty works do shew forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison. For Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. Can I tell you something? The truth of the word of God is not lovable and likable to the world. Okay. Why is this? John the Baptist, a fiery preacher, by the way. Kudos. I'm telling you what, there, John the Baptist... He was a, he was a, I mean, he was a great, great, mighty man of God. He basically flat out and told Herod that you cannot have your brother Philip's wife. You can't have her because it's unlawful. And you know, because of that, Herod had him threw, thrown away. He had him. He had him just tossed away in prison because John the Baptist spoke truth. Okay, he spoke truth. And by the way, Herod didn't like it. Mm -mm. Nope. <clears throat> John chapter fifteen verse eighteen. Jesus says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. It, and continuing on in, those, in that verse, in those verses of John chapter 15, it says, If you were of the world, the world will love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, that the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So let me tell you something. John the Baptist was hated. He was full-blown hated because he preached the truth. He did. Okay, 
1 John chapter 3, verse 13. John writes, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Okay, continuing on in that verse, it says, We know that we have passed from death into life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You know, let me tell you something. John, he cared, as, 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 as contrary as it may seem, okay, John John the Baptist cared for cared for Herod. He cared for him. He loved him. Why? Because he gave him truth. Okay. And so it would be a disservice if John the if John the Baptist just refused to tell Herod the truth. It would be a disservice to him. Why? Because let me tell you something. If you really truly love people, you would warn them of their sin. You would warn them you would warn them of their sin and warn them that there is a hell. But if you refuse or don't even try to warn people about about hell or about their sin, how can you say you love God? How can you say that? <clears throat> now put your put your finger in uh, in Matthew. I want I want I want you to turn with me to Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 3. Verses, starting in verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth Turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him. He shall die, because thou hast given, thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man, that the righteous man sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned. Also thou hast delivered thy soul. So you see, you see that we need to warn the wicked of their sin. 
Now, a lot of people will say, well, only God can judge me. You know what's ironic? When you give them scripture and they don't like it and they say, well, only God can judge me. I'm sorry, but he just did. And you don't like it. And one of these days, you'll face it again. Now, what do I mean by, well, what do I mean by that? Well, when you give them scripture and they, they're they pricked in their hearts and they start gnashing their teeth at you and say stuff, well, only God can judge me. First of all, the word of God is God. Jesus said, my spirit is, my, my words are spirit and they are life. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows your thoughts. His word knows your thoughts. He knows the intents. So I think it's a little ironic how you get people, when you give them scripture and they say, well, only God can judge me. They don't realize they are already judged. In the last days, their words are either going to condemn them or they're going to just be justified. You know why? Because your words will either condemn you or they will justify you. Simple as that. It's going to be one or the other. And so people need it. And, and you know, the lost and dying world will say, well, well, you know, you're not supposed to judge because, you know, they take the verse judge not lest thou should be judged. They take that out of context. It's, they're talking about it's talking about judging hypocritically. And, and given the fact that there are a lot of Christians that do that, which they shouldn't be. They need to repent. But the, the, but the lost and dying world will use that to try to get you to will get to will try to get to condemn you for what you said. Okay? But here's the thing. And and then they'll they'll and then like they'll also try to push the well, you're supposed to love one another. Really? So me not warning about your sin, you want me to love you by not telling you your sin. Here's what they're trying to do. When they try to throw the word love around, their definition of love is different than what God says. God says if you love others, you would warn people about their sin and about hell. But if but the world says but the world says you need to love you need to love others. Meaning they want you to compromise. Listen, Bible Christianity is not about compromising. Either you're all in or you're all out. 
there's no in between. If you are in between, you're going to need to make a choice real quick. Because the way this nation's going, you're going to need you're going to make a choice. You I promise you, you will make a choice. Either you're going to say, "Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please save me. I don't want to die and go to hell." Or you're just going to say, "Well, I'm just going to live however I want to." It's very dangerous stuff, folks. Listen, God's not playing around. God's not playing games. And I strongly suggest any of you watching this quit playing games with God. Get serious. Get right. Don't be fooling around. Don't be fooling around. John the Baptist wasn't fooling around. He went straight to business. He told Herod the truth, and guess what? He didn't like it. So guess what? He threw him in prison. <clears throat> it's and he, he John the Baptist got persecuted because of what he believed. And guess what? No servant is greater than their master. You will be persecuted. All those who live righteously, all those who live righteously, shall suffer persecution. Second Timothy chapter three verse twelve. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We must through persecution. It's through much persecution that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay? It's through much persecution we must enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you will have tribulation. And John the Baptist is going through one right now. Okay? Why? Because he told the truth. He told the truth. And he was in jail for it. Can I tell you something? Time's coming where that's going to happen in this country. You might say, well, Brandon, no, that will never happen in this country. Yes, it will. Just wait. You may not be seeing it now. But later down the road, you're going to start seeing it. Okay. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of heaven. Romans 5, 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Okay, one of these days, folks, because of the judgment that's being tossed on this nation, one of these days, Christians, <clears throat> excuse me, Christians, born again believers, 
are going to be tossed in jail because of the truth. And don't say it won't happen either, because guess what? You know, did you know that the United States once had internment camps? Internment camps are basically the United States version of a concentration camp. That's right. You heard me correctly. The United States of America once had concentration camps. Back during World War II, okay, we as Americans rounded up Japanese Americans and tossed them into internment camps. Which is really ironic because we were fighting a war also in Europe where you had a guy named Adolf Hitler who was basically doing the same throughout Europe. Tossing people in concentration camps. Guess what? We were doing it here with Japanese Americans. It's not right. So that's something that you won't hear about. Why? Because, oh, that never really happened. Yeah, it did. Y'all trying to just whitewash history. But people are going to suffer tribulation. Okay? And we see here that John the Baptist, he was thrown in prison for what he believed. Okay? Now, verse 6. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of her... The daughter of Herodians danced before them and pleased Herod. That sounds kind of sick. Sounds like what a lot of the politicians in D.C. do, probably in their free time. Bunch of perverts. Um, whereupon he promised with an oath to give whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed of her mother said, give me here John Baptist's head and a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake. And then what sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. Now, that's pretty hefty that Herod would make an oath. I think it was really stupid of him to do that. But admirable that he would keep his oath. But stupid for making it in the first place. You see, when you make an oath, God's going to hold you to it. God's going to hold you to it. Okay? Don't be like the D.C. politicians where you swear an oath and you break your oath. No, no, no. That's not how it goes. If you make an oath before God, God's, go God's going to have you keep it. Okay? Um... 
Now, as per an oath between <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Uh, Leviticus, uh, I can't see. I can't talk today. Leviticus chapter five, verse four. Or if a soul swear, pronounce him with his lips to do evil or to do good, whatsoever it be, that a man shall pronounce with an oath, and it be hid from him when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty in one of these. You know, when you make an oath or a vow, God's going to hold you to it. So don't break it. Um, God is... That's why oaths and that's why when you swear an oath or you or you um when you swear an oath or you have a vow God's going to hold you to it. He will. Let's take a look at the word vow. See what uh, God says about that. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 21. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no more sin in thee. So Herod, knowing that he made a vow, he couldn't break it. He had to go through with it. He was troubled. There was a part of him that didn't want to go through with it, but he had to. For whose sake? Herodias' sake. And the king was very sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and then would sat with him at meat. He commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in prison. And his head was brought in a charger. And given to the, the damsel. And she brought it out to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it. And went and told Jesus. Okay. I'm telling you, it's it's a very powerful. It's, making a vow or an oath is a very powerful thing. Why do you think marriage is an is a lifelong 
thing till death deal uh, till death do ye part because in marriage you vow a vow in the sight of God and the sight of everybody around you and God says when you vow a vow okay God's going to hold you to it. God is going to hold you to it. And if you fail to pay it, it's sin. Do you know why? Because when you vow a vow and you break that, you 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 pretty much are not being the man of your word. When God makes a promise, God keeps it. And by the way, he wants us to do the same. If we make a promise, God is going to expect us to keep it. He is. He's going to expect us to keep it. Amen. And so there's coming a time where we're head we're headed for some rough times in this nation. And at the be you know and so we have to understand is that we're gonna go through stuff that's not gonna be pretty. And it's gonna it's gonna make the stuff that we went through as a walk in a park. This is why I say if you want this country to turn back, you must pray. Repent of your sins and get right with God. Because when he does, he will hear your prayer and he will heal the land. And he will forgive your sin. This nation is unwilling to repent. So God is going to give this nation a wake-up call. Just saying. He's going to give a wake-up call. And by the way, all of you people that think, oh, well, the Democrats are so great and we can do this and that. Let me tell you something about let me tell you something about those people. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, as guilty as the Democrats are, you want to try to you want to try to you know build a pit so we can fall into it. God say the pit that you try to build for us, it'll be built for you. I mean, you're going to fall into your own pit. But listen, it is not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, here's the good news. The good news is you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to the lake of fire. 
You could simply just call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. You'll be saved. Question is, will you? Will you cry? Will you call upon him? Because the way things are going now, a lot of people don't want to call upon him. They just want to live however they want to. I'm just really quickly. If you want to live your life without God, fine. But when you die in that condition, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. Okay, you're going to hell. If you're gonna if you're gonna choose to live your life according to however you want, you will end up in hell. But if you choose to accept Christ into your life and ask him to save you and be born again and be filled with his spirit, you'll go to heaven. Amen. You'll go to heaven.